Good morning. I'm coming to you from our front porch in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. My name is Drew Rollins, and uh, the passage that I have been chewing on uh, for the last couple of days comes from the Gospel of Matthew, and the scene is the Last Supper. Jesus has gathered his disciples, and it's the verse where he says, uh, where Matthew says, then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. The Gospels don't tell us what went through their minds at that moment. Uh, they did not have the benefit like we do of Pauline theology or of the full gospel accounts or of 2,000 years of reflecting on the meaning of those words. Uh, they would have known certainly what a Passover meal was like, and everything would have seemed normal up until that key moment where Jesus took the cup and said, this is my blood of the new covenant. So much hangs on those words, my blood of the new covenant. I don't really know what they thought at that moment, but if I put myself in their shoes, and I know what a calculating sort of person I am, I think I would have uh, smiled and said something like, hmm, new covenant in your blood, very nice. But inside, I would have said to myself, can he do that? I think the answer is no, he can't. Because we know that the blood is the blood of the Passover that our ancestors were told to put on the doorposts when they escaped from Egypt. I don't think he can do that. And similarly, I think I would have said to myself, I'm just going to see how this all plays out. I'm just going to see how this rolls. Of course, it ran downhill very fast. And if I had been looking back, I think I might have said something like, well, first, Judas got up and left, and that's not a good sign. And then we went to the garden, and Jesus wanted to stay up all night. That's not good, because we're supposed to be practicing clergy wellness in a time of crisis. And then when I woke up, there were Roman soldiers everywhere. And that was the moment when I decided to quickly make my exit. I'm that calculating. And that's really not so speculative when you think about it, because the Gospels tell us that the first time that Jesus began to talk about his dying on the cross, uh, James and John were thinking each to themselves, well, this may have a silver lining. Uh, this could actually go well for us. Um, somebody's going to come out on, a t on top. It might as well be me. They were very calculating. And I'm that sort of person. I, I, I do the math. I think if I put myself in the disciples' shoes, I am looking for where the exit would be. I sort of picture myself as... Uh, Jason Bourne, 
you know, who uh, goes into a room and knows all of the angles and instantly knows also where is the possible route of escape if necessary. Some churches uh, have the practice of setting up a garden of repose on the evening of Maundy Thursday, and the idea here is that uh, you set up a room where there, there are uh, palms and flowers, and uh, it's very beautiful and peaceful, and there's maybe a, a comfortable chair there and uh, perhaps a cross, and the idea is to give uh, parishioners a, a space where they can sit and peacefully watch and wait with Jesus. I appreciate that, but I think for me it would be uh, more realistic if uh, liturgically at the end of the service, uh, if I just uh, picked up uh, my, my robe and walked as quickly as I could to the nearest fire exit and hid in the parking lot. That would be more real. Fleming Rutledge, in her uh, wonderful book on the crucifixion, uh, does a, a great job of making the point that the cross is not the result of our religious imagination. It's not the result of our, our spirituality. And it's not the result of our highest aspirations. And to that I might add, it's not the result of my internal calculating mind, which is always working and always uh, looking for uh, my own self, always looking out for my own self-protection. My own internal calculations do not lead me to the cross. In fact, they lead me to the nearest exit. And that's, uh, that's not good news, but the good news is, and the good news I would encourage you to hold on to this week, is that Christ poured out his blood uh, knowing that his uh, disciples were fallible uh, broken, sinful people just like me and just like you. And that is good news that I hope you can hold to this holy week. God bless you.